Welcome to Voices of E-Learning with your host, J.W. Marshall and Lena Marie Saleh, a podcast that highlights the people who are changing the way we learn and grow. Each week, we'll speak to the innovative minds who are pushing the boundaries and transforming online education. We'll explore their stories and discover how they're empowering students around the globe to achieve success. Join us on this journey and get inspired by the power of online learning. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Voices of E-Learning. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall. And I'm your other host, Lena Marie Saleh. And on this season, we are going to be diving into a number of new topics, as well as revisiting some of the topics that we talked about last year, because they are still very prevalent in education today. Lena, how are you and how excited are you for season three of Voices of E-Learning? I'm doing great and I cannot wait for season three. I think we have a lot of amazing guests coming up. So JW, tell us a little about about how you're doing and um, how stoked you are for season three. I'm doing great as well. And I feel like we haven't recorded in like a couple of weeks or months. We've taken a little break and recharged the batteries. Uh, We had such a jam-packed season two. Um, And I can't say enough how amazing it has been to bring you on to season two and have you back for season three. Um, Season two, we talked a lot about the teacher shortage, um, which is still a real thing that we're going to have to talk about in season three. Um, And we talked a lot about uh, transitioning out of the pandemic and into this next normal, this new normal, whatever cheesy name you want to call it. Um, But how this is really the most critical time. It's kind of like elections. Every new election is the most critical election. Well, every school year from here until the foreseeable future is going to be the most important school year, right? We have to continue to learn from uh, all the things that we uh, had to endure and advance technology-wise during the pandemic and really have a lot of conversations about what to keep and what to hopefully never have to do again, uh, because it wasn't the best for our our teachers and our students. Um, And so that's a really uh, delicate balance. And ultimately the bad news for our educators and our administrators is the hard work isn't over, even though we're getting back to some kind of normal. And I think one of our guests last season really hit the nail on the head and they said, you know, it looks back to normal as of last fall 2022 on the surface, but under the surface, there are so many things that have changed or are still changing. And the uh, the duck looks calm above water, but they're paddling very quickly underneath water. Um, and that's what we want to dive into in season three is what is happening underneath. Um, and what do other educators, other administrators, other parents, uh, everyone in our audience, what do they need to know so that they aren't fooled by the, uh, the outward appearance some times of uh, this back to normal. And they're really seeing the innovation continue. And we're pushing forward because as we've said all through uh, the last two years of this show, um, going back to 2019 is not acceptable because it was not that great, especially for a lot of our uh, diverse student populations. And we know we can do better and we've got to make the most out of this uh, this uh, group trauma, collective worldwide trauma that we've endured um, so that we don't slide back into what was easy or familiar and we keep pushing forward. And so I'm excited because that means 2023 is the hard work continues, but hopefully in a new and inspiring and innovative uh, way that is 
is um, not just enduring, but is really giving new life to the teaching profession, to the student experience, to the administrator um, profession. And so that's a lot of my kind of feelings all bundled up for a couple of months here that I didn't get to talk about. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm sure some are similar and maybe uh, some are uh, ones that I'm not thinking of right now. Yeah, I would say in 20, I would say you're right about not needing to go back to 2019 because it wasn't great. We were already seeing an exodus of teachers happening and then the pandemic either gridlocked a bunch of teachers or pushed a lot of teachers out. And I think they kind of made an emergency decision based on what the pandemic was kind of facing. But over the last few years, we've seen kind of this step away from the emergency style of learning and really start to turn into basically having to fill the gaps of what the pandemic created. And then I would say um, the teacher transition crisis isn't stopping. It's continuing the amount of requests and things that I get. As you guys know, I kind of help teacher transition out of the space. And so those requests aren't stopping. They are just continuing and probably continuing more than ever. Um, but as far as like ed tech tools and online learning, we kind of saw an emergency adoption of a lot of products. And in turn, you know, teachers are engaging with 148 apps or ed tech tools. Students are interacting with 143 apps and ed tech tools. What we're going to see, I think, is a dialing down and really bringing in things that are intentional, impactful, and purposeful. And I think that we're going to start to see districts start to make some really smart decisions because if they don't, we're going to see a lot of problems start to happen and a lot more cracks in the system, I think, than we've seen before. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. That's one that is going to come back at least once or twice in season three. And I'd like to say we were a little ahead of the game a year ago talking about the great ed tech audit that districts really do need to and are starting to look at those 1500 uh, software tools per district on average that they're using. And there's no way in the world they can use all of them. Um, and a lot of them were piled on mostly for free during the pandemic as the ed tech community came together trying to help, um, you know, districts get through this uh, this uh, terrible time, but the collection of ed tech tools really has been going on for the last five to 10 years where there's uh, a lot of redundancy, a lot of programs just not being used. Um, and so districts uh, really need to understand that free is not free because of the time involved in training, the time in uh, using the programs and the opportunity cost. If we use this program uh, instead of that one and and it's not the best program, then we're, we're not doing the, the best uh, thing for our students and for our teachers. And so I think that's something where we'll also have a few companies on this uh, this season that really did were born out of the pandemic. They're only two years old. And where are they now? Are they continuing to grow and thrive because, you know, there really was a need that's sustainable? Um, or are there you know a fair amount of companies that were kind of a pandemic band-aid that uh, have maybe leveled off? And so we, we certainly want to have some of those growing and thriving companies um, come on because districts need to know about them. Um, and so, uh, but I do love that our uh, podcast is not sponsored by anyone. I always love to say we are beholden to no stakeholders. We can have whoever we want on. We can have whatever conversations. We never try to sensationalize any topics, but we don't shy away from having those hard conversations um, that teachers and educators uh, and administrators uh, need to hear. Uh, we don't sugarcoat it. So I'm excited to continue uh, in that vein of uh, real, authentic conversations around the teacher shortage, around 
around um, how to evaluate, you know, what programs you need, because every district is different and you need more of a framework than a, oh, we recommend this product or that product. That's, you know, really uh, not helpful. Uh, so anyone that's telling you that, don't listen. Um, but knowing what types of things you need and how to avoid those redundancies, uh, I think is going to be really important to continue educating our audience and learning from our guests and from our audience on what is really working. And hopefully we move out of this uh, phase of endurance and just getting by to how do we keep finding the best teaching strategies in this new world? How do we keep finding the best programs or the best types of programs so that we are uh, replacing the good with the best? And that's, again, what we need to do for our students, because as we've said last year, we've got the this, this critical point in time where this can be a lost generation with all of the unrealized learning, or if we really accelerate learning with our best practices, our best tools of technology to enhance the student and teacher uh, experience and learning, then we can accelerate learning beyond where these students would have been uh, a year or two ago over time. And hopefully over time means two or three years and not 10 or 15 years. Um, but it, I, this is also a show of hope and optimism, and we will continue down that path as well um, to really talk about the tough challenges, but also the silver linings and the great work that is being done. There's so many more examples of exciting innovation and success, real success, not theoretical, you know, oh, if we only did this, um, you know, we're going to really uh, pile on the good news and the good stories in season three. Yeah, I think so too. Something that I think we have to talk about is since we stopped season two and now we started season three, there's been something that's been super hot to talk about. And we'll dive into this a little bit deeper on further episodes, but let's talk about the role that AI is going to be playing in our schools and our school systems. Um, and what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so many thoughts. And yes, it was perfect timing. I, I, I think it was a week after we wrapped season two that ChatGPT kind of made its way onto the scene. And it's been a couple of How months now. <laughs> right. And we timed it that way to give it a little time to marinate. Um, and I think the, the big reoccurring theme this season is going to be it's not a fad. It is not um, something that we're talking about for a few months and then it kind of dies down and something else takes the spotlight. It's it's here to stay already. We can make that prediction um, and it is going to be a game changer. It already kind of is in a very short amount of time. Um, the way that it's racked up more users than any other social platform um, in history. Um, and we certainly have to embrace it. And we have to have guests on that are talking about how they're creatively using it, how they're not using it. Um, but to ban it from schools is just um, not a good idea because the students are going to get access to these technologies uh, no matter what. Um, and I remember I was showing my age back when Microsoft Word introduced uh, spell check, which chat GPT is a million times more advanced and game changing. But I do remember back then a teacher said, uh, uh, well, how no one is going to know how to spell, right? Because they're all just going to rely on the technology. And um, they tried to ban it and you can't use it because you won't know how to spell. And then a few years later, I remember the shift to uh, educators really telling their students, make sure you put it through spell check before you turn it in, because I don't want to grade all the the, the misspellings and, and things like that. And it's just become a part of our daily life. And same thing with Google. Well, how do why do they have to learn any facts and figures if they can just Google everything? Well, we're still teaching facts and figures. We're still, but we're doing it in an elevated way that you don't have to memorize everything to be uh, smart to get through, you know, life. You have to know how to use this technology. And so 
are there cons to uh, some of these technologies? Absolutely. Um, even thinking back to cell phones in schools, right? They were banned for years. You know, it was a new thing. Some and now, still are. Some still are, but very few. And now we've learned how with classroom strategies and with, you know, even better software and technology to regulate what's happening with phones in schools, we use them as an asset, as a tool. And so my hope is that we embrace this uh, AI head on very quickly with le with little resistance. And we learn from our past uh, mistakes that uh, it's futile to fight the technology. And we, from day one, start figuring out how do we leverage this, incorporate into our curriculum, incorporate into our classroom, management um, and know that it's going to be messy and we're not going to you know get it all right the first try but let's um let's try to avoid the learning curve of fighting it you know it even goes back to in my head uh, Napster right where it's like the record companies fought it for years and years and you know once it's out of the bottle you can't put it back in so um you know I think if most uh of those technologies the, the people in charge at the time could go back and do it again they would have embraced it from the beginning and been a part of the revolution versus kind of being left behind. So I'm, I'm hopeful in that. But the reason we're going to keep talking about it is because it's going to be messy and we need to know, uh, you know, detailed what's working, what's not working. How are you doing it? How are you leveraging against itself to check itself for plagiarism, things like that? Um, there's already been this plethora of new ideas and uh, and findings around it, and that's just going to continue. So that will, I'm sure, be a reoccurring theme, whether it's a fully dedicated episode or multiple, or it's just going to come up naturally in conversation and in episodes where we're not necessarily focusing on that. But um, it's going to be hard to avoid. What are your thoughts on on the AI generative uh, revolution that's coming? That's here. Well, to it is here, and I think that it's it's already here. It's already been adopted. It's not, and you're right. You can't put it back in. I remember when you were talking about spell check. I remember when Wikipedia first came around, and I was you know in college, and they're like, you can't use it. You can't cite your source. You know, you can't use it as like a source. You have to use these other like things. And then by the time I got to my master's degree, just a few years later, they're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, use Wikipedia, use whatever you need to do. So it just kind of is like a slow adoption. But once it's out, it's out. Um, and so that's kind of what I think is going to happen. But I think what really has to happen is the teaching of how to teach it and how to use it as a tool, just like how to use Google as a tool. How do you fact check? How do you disseminate information? It's all really, really important. And the thing about the chat GPT or, or wherever that program lies, whether it's in Canva, whether it's in whatever, um, the most important thing to know is that that program is also learning. It's also iterating as we go. So what you know today is going to be different what happens in five days because it is learning at an exponential rate that as humans, we cannot keep up with. So every single time, it's just every day, it gets a little bit better and better. If you type in the same prompt every single day, the prompt is going to give you one, a different response. And two, it's going to get a little bit better because you're going to get better at asking the questions to it. Um, I think what, what I think has been really impactful, I think, because I'll just speak to Canva because I know what we're doing. Um, we have Magic Write within Canva. And instead of just rolling it out to teachers right away, right when it happened, we actually have not yet rolled it out. And we're not rolling it out yet because we want to make sure that they have resources and things to be successful and give the districts the decision on what they want to do regarding that. But I think banning it is a mistake because what's going to happen, just like TikTok being banned at campuses, right? you're just going to use it anywhere else. So like, just because you're banning it on the campus or just because you're banning it at your school, doesn't mean it's going to stop being used. 
<laughs> you know, it's kind of like we banned YouTube in the classrooms for a long time. And now that's like the number one place where teachers go to, you know, find information or, you know, share videos, that sort of a thing. So it's just going to be about adapting. I think education's biggest keyword is adapting, adapting and iterating. There isn't anything else that we can do to like help support and bring AI in to our classrooms. Well, and I think that brings us to maybe our final point on this one. Another area we really focus on last season, and we will certainly focus on even more in season three, is equity in education, equity in online resources. And banning ChatGPT uh, in schools is really inequitable also because those students with uh, a high-speed internet connection at home are going to use it at home. And those students that don't have that access are going to be left in the dark. And so it really is, no matter what your feelings on ChatGTB are and how you can use it or not use it, pros and cons, it's an issue of equity um, if we ban it in our schools, because it's just going to give more opportunity to students that have the means to access it at home um, and less opportunity to those that don't. And so I think that's another reason why we all need to take a step back and say, okay, we, we really have to embrace this head on and figure out how to leverage it, how to you know, be, you know, digital literacy is more important now than ever, right? It always has been, but how to, you know, find facts and discern the truth, uh, how to use these tools, it's going to put us to the test now, because again, we can't put it back in the bottle with this AI. And we've got to teach not just some students, but all students how to navigate these new waters, because they're going to be important post high school, post college, in the real world. Uh, this is something that we're all dealing with as well, right? Do we use AI to write our link? in post to write our email campaigns and marketing to uh, help us and do we, our jobs do. better. And we do, <laughs> or we should be at least playing with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the good news is that, you know, it's not 100% yet, that there is still a very, very big need for humans. Um, but it, it's almost like the automation of a lot of manufacturing, right? Those workers can either be out of a job or they can learn the new skills to to power the the. Uh, automation and to power the tools and to maintenance the tools versus doing the the dangerous work that's out there in the field. So I think it, it's not going to put everyone out of a job, but we do, again, have to embrace it and leverage it so that our jobs can be more you know elevated and higher value add versus what uh, an AI could do, similar to what a, a machine could do in a manufacturing plant. Um, so again, this isn't just an education issue. This is a, uh, a bigger, uh, you know, uh, opportunity and challenge for the world, for the workforce, um, which makes it even more of an education issue, right? Because that's what we should be doing is preparing the future, uh, you know, generations for the, the future of work, which is clearly going to change um, well beyond the years that our kids are in school. Um, we've been saying that forever, and it's been true, but it's more true now than ever, um, especially with this, uh, this new wave of AI that's just come onto the scene within recent months. Um, so that will be a big one. Equity will be a big one. Anything else you can think of off the top of your head that we're going to tackle in season three? I would say we talked a lot this last season about higher ed and the differences that we're seeing in higher ed and, and how higher ed is having to adapt and evolve to meet the workforce changes that are ahead. So I think we'll start to see a little bit more of that and alternative certifications and, you know, whatever else kind of accompanies that. But I think with everything that kind of trickles up through preparing our students for the workforce is the most important part of that. And with that comes what's going to happen in higher ed. I don't have a good answer or solution, but I'm excited to speak to people who do have the knowledge base to share that with us and kind of dig in 
dig in their heels and, you know, dive in a bit deeper with us. Yeah. And I'll throw one last one in there that's kind of related is testing and accountability, especially mm -hmm. now with a lot of legislative sessions and turnover, they're moving the goalpost. And we want to talk about where should the goalpost be at higher ed, at the high school level and on on and on down um, so that we're preparing kids for future success in the world and not just college and career readiness. Um, and so I think that's going to be another one that uh, could get a little uh, tense at, at some points because there are a lot of differing opinions on um, how schools should be held accountable and how they should be tested. Uh, but again, there are a lot of ways we can leverage technology so that it's not the old school Scantron once a year test that you get back uh, the next fall and it's too late to make any action on it. It's just telling you how bad you did. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for technology to help um, with that continuous assessment, right? That formative assessment every day to help students improve. And then over time, you'll have a body of work that shows where the students are, wh where they can grow, that kind of thing. And you can take action daily. And, you know, over time um, is really exciting and put more weight into that than the once a year snapshot where a kid could have a bad breakfast and, you know, or has a lot of anxiety around a standardized test um, and doesn't do well. So I think uh, that's somewhere that we has always been a conversation, but I I think in, in light of recent technology gains um, and just having all those tests moving towards or already being online now, which is a big step forward, um, one that we don't want to lose sight of because it is very important um, to make sure that the goalposts are in the right place for this whole education system. And again, now is the time if we're going to move them, let's move them to the right places and, and not uh, move them to the wrong places. Yeah. I think the accountability one is interesting and I can't wait to see how it plays out. I think that that has dictated a lot of how teaching happens in the school setting. So I think legislative slash sessions and, you know, the DOEs and department, you know, everyone needs to be discussing this, but in a, in a way that's more intentional and impactful than it's been for the years prior. And ultimately, that's where the funding goes and where the funding goes, mm -hmm. uh, our time and efforts go as well. So, all right. Wow. I thought we were going to talk about two or three things and we went down the <laughs> rabbit hole of like all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, so excited to be back. So excited for some of the guests we've already recorded with and, and have already scheduled. And um, please uh, join us every week as we get back into the swing of things with season three, 2023. Uh, here we are. Uh, can't believe... Uh, this started in 2020 and has now grown to, um, you know, a rather large following, which is exciting. So thank you, Lena, for in advance for uh, being a part of season three. And we really look forward to uh, everyone in the audience continuing to interact with us, uh, send us messages, tell us what you want to hear about on the show, uh, reach out if you want to be on the show. And uh, we can't wait for season three to, to get off and rolling this month. Yep. Thank you guys so much. And make sure that you're subscribing and sharing with everyone. And and we can't wait to continue on with season three. And always, always keep learning. Bye, everybody. Bye.